Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today I'm joined by Steve Gerald and his amazing new recently expanded studio. Uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here. I always try and give like the read the either the Instagram or the about. Um, sometimes it's just better to hear from the source and you know because nowadays people can like change careers seemingly overnight but you've been at this a long time so uh, tell the, the, my audience about like you know who you are and what you're doing here in New York. So yeah, uh, it's funny that you mentioned changing careers because I feel like I have and I feel like I've changed careers every few years. Yeah. So um, basically I started out as a still photographer. Um, I moved to New York in 2002 after going to school in uh, Rochester RIT uh, to study advertising photography. Um, so I came here, I assisted for the photographers. I, you know, that back then we were still shooting film for a little bit. Um, then I transitioned into working as a digital tech and retouching and kind of that's like technology was always like my drive has always been technology. Yeah, just well, digital cameras like they, it was a new thing, you know, like I actually as a digital tech got to show Richard Avedon how digital worked. He had never wow. done anything with digital before and it's really cool experience, uh, but we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, but basically a few years ago, I changed from just being a photographer to what I've termed a uh, visual engineer, which a lot of people raise their eyes and they're like, what? what's a visual engineer? And yeah, it, it's taken me a while to define exactly what it is and I'm still learning exactly what visual engineering is. Um, but basically I found that I was bringing so much technology into my image making um, as part of the process and engineering as well. Um, and it, I'm not just a still photographer, I do a lot of motion work, actually almost 60% of my work or 70% of my work now is motion based. So, you know, cinematographer wasn't the right term, photographer wasn't the right term, right. you know, all, with all this engineering, I'm not a rigger or whatever they're called in, in that, in special effects person. Right. So visual engineering was really the best fit for what I do. I mean, it was, it's literally making visuals and bringing engineering into it and kind of and it's not just the technical of like how I carry things out with robots and fancy lights and you know Arduinos and computers and stuff, but it, it's also how I tell stories. I actually, like you give me a concept and I'll take it apart and look at all its pieces and you're like, okay, we're trying to make it you know, be this and that and the other thing and, and I kind of like analyze the, the whole concept and then basically put it back together in the way I tell the story about those pieces. Um, so it's kind of a finding I'm an engineer that way and like, it's like, oh, we have a problem. Let me take it apart. Right. Let me kind of see what's wrong with it and how do I, you know, make it even better, right. you know? So it's kind of like ever learning, ever evolving, um, thing. And, and that's the biggest part about it is I'm, I'm not, I don't want to do the same thing next year that I'm doing today. I want, I want to be constantly evolving, um, as the world evolves, yeah. you know, kick-ass answer already right out of the, right out of the gate, throwing oh, heat. Amen. I love it. I'm in the process now where I'm kind of redefining my career as well. And, uh, you know, I think a designer kind of encapsulates in my mind of what a designer does. It kind of like encapsulates photography in that. But, but photography has been such an, in, an interesting thing for me because um, it's kind of like boundless and, and, and what opportunities can come from it. And sometimes it's kind of hard to kind of pinpoint that. So when you started going, you know, I, I know you went from film to digital, but when you were a photographer, that could be, you could shoot portraits, you could do live events, you could do, you know, and obviously for you there was kind of that engineering component of it. Um, but how did you know to kind of, to go towards that, like with product photography, for example, um, starting out, and that's really who this podcast is for, people that are kind of just venturing out into the world of design and entry level people um, who are kind of learning to follow their intuition. How did you know that that was the right thing for you and what was the first time that you kind of married the two of engineering 
and photography. Emotion. Right, emotion and all of that stuff. Um, no, it's <laughs> a great, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I, I mean, for me, I mean, I started out, I'm from Miami originally, I guess I left that out from my intro, but um, I picked up a camera when I was in high school. Um, I went to like a really like Catholic, Jesuit, like private school and like there wasn't a lot of arts in that. They were, they were trying to teach you to be a lawyer or a doctor, you know, like it, there wasn't a lot of nurturing, but the one place I found it was in the, the school newspaper. So I was like part of that, kind of doing design actually for the layouts and the pages and stuff and like page maker or something, <laughs> really, really old. Um, and they're like basically like, oh, we need somebody to shoot a football game. I'm like, I grabbed my dad's like film Nikon camera and like, I'll give it a try. And, and that's kind of where it just started. It was just like, oh, this is cool. Let me, you know, and I just started taking more pictures and more pictures. And then the next year I was like the yearbook photographer because it was like you could be that position yeah. as a class basically. Um, and that's where I really like was shooting. I was the guy that had the camera with him all the time, you know, right, just right. like that annoying weird kid. And now I, I never have a camera with me anywhere I go, which is funny. Um, so I did that and then... Yeah, eventually. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then after like high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do still. I mean, I liked photography, but uh, my, my, my upbringing in Miami was like, oh, photographers just do weddings and kingses and like it was Miami and Latin and you know, it's just that that's... Yeah, that's like, that's all you do or like club photos on South Beach because that's where I was from. Yeah. Right, right. Not true at all. Um, so, yeah. But I was lucky enough that um, one of my brother's friends, dad's, was a photographer, um, and he did weddings and all that stuff. And I would show him my work, while, like while I was still shooting stuff. Because um, it, be, oh yeah, I guess after high school, I got a job at a yearbook photography studio. So like we would do like the underclassmen photos and your senior portraits and the prom pictures and the football games and right. like we, basically I was being the yearbook photographer but getting paid right. um, to do it basically. Um, and they just, there was no training. It was just like, here's a camera, here's some film, go. Um, which is amazing because I'm a self-learner in a lot of ways. So it was just like, go and okay, those didn't work out so great. Or, you know, right. sometimes it worked out better. Um, but that's a, the biggest thing I tell young people is just like, just go start doing something today. Like start, get your camera, point at something and, and like try to learn from it. You know, because that's, a lot of people think too long about doing things and don't start doing it soon enough. Sure. You know, so either way, like, I was doing that, I, then I started like, oh, it's Miami, it's about fashion, so I started shooting like, like, oh, who's, who, who, who are my friends that are hot and whatever, like, <laughs> wannabe models, and I'm like, totally take, I would, been there, been there. Been there, yeah, <laughs> took them to the beach at like sunrise yeah. in Miami at like 5 a.m., it just, yeah, it was, it was, you know, someday those will be famous images, and then, you know, this friend <laughs> of mine's dad was like, He's like, I think you, you should really go study. I think you should really go to a real school and study photography. Because I was going to like like state school, you know, FIU in Miami and Miami Dade College, whatever. Um, and I had some, you know, it was all fine art based and like black and white and darkroom and all that stuff, which was great. And I'm glad I actually have that base as well. But then, you know, I, I kind of made like my parents were like, yeah, let's do it. Like we'll, we'll support you. And I transferred into Rochester Institute of Technology. Um, as a transfer student, so I, I basically did this like intensive summer program, which was like it was basically 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. It was one class. It's called summer transfer. It's like basically you were doing like a year of photography in the summer, 
you know, it was, the, it was actually my be- one of my best and worst experiences of my life. Uh, before that, not really. You know, I, I was an overachiever if I loved it. You know, like, if I was passionate about something, I would be, like, all in on it, you know. Right, or whatever. I was the opposite. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care about history, but math is cool. Um, damn engineers, yeah. So, so yeah, I was, I was probably like a C, B, and C student, honestly. And, but then when I went to Rochester, um, that summer per- class, I got, I, got, I, I got an A in that summer class, and I was the only one, I think, that got an A in that summer class, you know. Um, so I started RIT with a 4.0. That's great. Um, yeah, and then, you know, I spent the next two years in Rochester, and I, I in transition from being a people shooter, and I was like, oh, let me, because I was learning about new worlds that, it, that I didn't know existed. You know, I was just like, oh, there's, there's such thing as still life. There's travel photography. There's, you know. I didn't know it was still life in college. Did so it, I, yeah. I thought I was going to go down that road, but I didn't know. Yeah. I got into portraiture. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, it was just like, oh, there was portraiture. There was environmental portraiture. There was fashion. There was, you know, just like I was learning about all these new worlds that didn't know existed. Um, and obviously fine art work as well. Um, so that's where I, but, but, you know, I went through a lot of phases in the two years I was in RIT, but I was just like overachiever all the way, like lived and breathed, slept on the couch at the school, like in the dark room till like 4 a.m. Like, you know, I, if I didn't pull I at least. feel better about staying up till like 3 a.m. last night before the Great, exactly. I still do it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny. One of the, I, I, when I hire somebody new, I, I always have this questionnaire I send them. It's like 50 questions. And one of them is like, when's the last time you pulled an all-nighter? And it's just, it tells you something about the person, you know, it's yeah, like, totally. you know, because some people have never done it. So as far as, you know, starting out and learning what, what I wanted to do and, and what kind of photography I wanted to do and, and, and all that, uh, RIT was my first big eye opener, you know, it was like, and I, I, don't say, I don't think everybody needs to go to school for photography or for film or whatever, because right. I think it's a great experience if you can do it. But I learned just as much when I moved to New York and started assisting other photographers and being on set and yeah. seeing, oh, this is what real fashion photography is like. This is what still life photography is like. This is what food photography is like. Um, and cool enough, like when I moved here, like my book was actually a travel photography book. It was like I had gone to Cuba a few times and Mexico and Day of the Dead and done all this kind of cool travel work. Um, uh, it's so much fun. <laughs> so. You know, after moving here, I, I dropped off my book at one place, which was like Severe Magazine, it's like a food and travel magazine. And to my surprise, like a month later, they're actually like called me and they're like, we have a job for you. And I was like, ah, like it freaked me out. I was like, I don't even have a roll of gaffer's tape. What do I do? Like, I don't, I, like I'm not, I was like such in the mindset of like, I'm just going to be assisting for a few years and that's just what I'm going to do. Um, and funny enough, yeah, they, 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 it was a simple job and they started hiring me kind of every month to do this like little job, little job. And from that, I kind of started building more of a food portfolio separate from my travel book because most of the stuff they were having me shoot was like in their kitchen and it was like food stuff. Um, and I like, I had never shot food in college. It's funny. I never, had never done it. Um, but it's just something that came like really natural to me. So I kind of started building off of that and the travel work. I, I was finding I was getting some work, but it was just like no money and you're working 24 hours a day and I didn't love it enough to like want to travel the world for no money for the rest of my life. Like it just wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, so the food is like kind of what started really catching on. And on top of that, product stuff as well. It kind of just happened naturally. It's funny. It wasn't a decision I made. I was like, I'm going to be a food and product photographer. It wasn't like 
it was kind of like, oh, people like that work, they're going to hire me to do it, I guess I'll do that work. Yeah. Um, it's kind of how it started out. It's very different now. Um, so sometimes I think, you know, just do work that you kind of love doing at the moment. Don't, don't think about it too hard in that, you know, what, just because you're doing this kind of work today doesn't mean you have to do it again a, a year from now or two years from now. Um, no matter what you do, basically it's going to evolve, yeah. you know. So I, I think a little too people get stuck in like, and, and it's the opposite. Some people are like, this is what I really want to be, but they haven't done any of the steps before that end goal. So it's just like, okay, well, that might be what you want to be, and that might you might be there in five years, but you got to start doing building up to that now, you know. Um, so not all like entry level jobs are going to be crappy if, as long as they're pushing you in the right direction of where you're trying to go. Um, but but fast forward to today, you know, I started as a still life photographer, product photographer, and travel, um, and I did a lot of catalog work for like Victoria's Secret and Johnson and Murphy, and, and it was easy. It was, yeah, it was great. I mean, it was all mostly product based, but um, uh, they did send me to the Bahamas in, in December, which was nice. Wow. Um, the Bahamas trip? Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. But um, they started hiring me to do catalog work. I had this little studio space on 36th Street, like a couple blocks down from where I am now. And it had like mice that would come out at night. It was a, it was a shared space. It was, you know, but I needed a place to work, you know. Yeah. I always found it like I needed a place outside of home to go to work, you know, and I would go to work every day and, and even after assisting for another photographer, I would go to my place to work until midnight or something and just always do something for myself because like the biggest thing I've learned is it's it's a marathon, not it's actually like a ultra marathon. It's not a sprint, this right. industry. It's like it's compounding, game. it's a long game. Like you don't want to be the guy that gets famous overnight. Like you, you it'll be a short, just as quickly as you become famous, chances are you're gonna fail and, and because you don't have the base to really hold you up. You know, you don't have a strong foundation. The post that you made um, for the Hershey's S'mores, I reposted that. It got more views than anything I've ever posted. What I really liked about it was, I think that a lot of times, there, there's an expression in uh, stand-up comedy called uh, playing for the back of the room. So you're doing your set for the other comedians in the back, not for the audience, because you want to be relevant to other comedians. And I feel like sometimes, I swear to God, this is all going to make sense, and I feel like sometimes designers and creators do that. They kind of do design for design's sake or artsiness, or they do, you know, like a cinema 4D thing that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it looks very, like, eclectic and psychedelic and weird. But, like, then at the same time, though, there is, like, really gaining people's attention in a way that's genuine and authentic. People have tried and failed many times to get that right, and you nailed it. And you've done that with brands like Heinz and... Uh, Stella and all these iconic great brands but when you t are given a brief say like s'mores or something like that how do you do that and how do you make sure that you're kind of hitting that mark no it's a it's a great question I it, in innovating and trying to make sure that every job I get every brief I get I I bring what I do to it is a challenge because a lot of times I'm limited by budgets or I'm limited by timing or you know by like the, the lucky thing about that s'mores piece is that I had a lot of time to think about it. Luckily, Jose at, at Hershey's Chocolate World. Um, Jose yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Jose, Jose was pretty much like, Steve, I love what you did with the burger drop thing, which is like was a whole other thing. He's like, bring that to s'mores. Go. That's it. That was the brief. There was no, there was nothing else. Um, and I think what I'm finding is when clients let me do what I do, without getting in the way too much, 
Um, and they just give me like, give me the parameters, give me the sandbox I could play in and let me play and let me build a sandcastle for you that's gonna be really cool is where they get that effect. Um, and the, the bigger thing I actually really wanna to touch about, touch on in my work um, that I think is why the s'mores thing has done so well is authenticity. I mean, authenticity is huge right now. I mean, people want to know that shit is real. You know, like I think as, as beautiful as a beautiful cinema 4D CGI, cool, trippy, amazing thing is, yeah. we all know it's fake. We all know it's made, whatever, and, and that's the biggest thing is like doing the s'mores and showing the behind the scenes like is like, whoa, holy shit, like that is super cool. Like if you just showed the finished piece, they're like, oh, that's another CGI piece, whatever. Like nobody believes that it's real anymore. Like nobody believes anything is real anymore. So I, th I think people are so used to being lied to and just not lied to, but just like presented this perfectly polished, utopian. you know, utopian concept and they're over it. Like I think they're, they're like, no, no, but what is it really? Like what, you know, I think there's this, it, we live in such this world of, of like all, we're being constantly interrupted with ads and for this and that. And, and it's not things that people would seek out naturally you know most of the time it's like interruption and it's just like oh you really want to watch this tv show but you gotta watch 15 seconds of this before we let you do that where the hershey's thing by showing the behind the scenes is like naturally curious people that are like oh this is interesting this is how this is made and then it does look amazing and it looks delicious now you're you could connect to that you know and i think a big part of my process is showing the process. And, and if you look at my Instagram, it's like I show a lot about what I do. You know, obviously, it still takes a lot to, to pull off the whole kind of the show. Yeah. Um, but I think authenticity is something that people are really craving now. And I think when people could tell that, like, something feels super fake, there, there, there is that, that same sense of appetite appeal, especially in food. Like, because CGI food is really hard to pull off. I mean, properly, because it's about the perfect imperfections in food. You know, it's like, you know, like, like if, we, if I was gonna design the s'more in a computer, I probably would not have made it as messy as that one was. Right. You know, cause you're like, oh, you're trying to get this perfection, but okay, we'll throw it off a little here and there, but you wouldn't like yeah. make it start dripping early and like, you know, and, yeah. and that's I think the challenge and, and that's why so much of the work I do is practical filmmaking is basically how I see it is I'm trying to do as much as I can in camera doesn't mean there's like 10 robots in front of the camera, but, yeah. but capturing as much as I can in real life. Um, and in, frame. in frame, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, a little compositing sometimes, obviously, if, if it makes sense. Um, but I feel there's great value in practical filmmaking. And we're in a time now where we could create unlike people have create, been able to create 20 years ago or 10 years ago, you know, because of all the new technologies that exist. You know, like we, we could you know, shoot a thousand frames a second slow motion on a phantom um, without needing to like run like 500 feet of film through this like crazy machine. A lot of people look at like technology now as being a negative thing and like, oh, everybody's a photographer, everybody's a photographer, everybody's a designer. And to a certain point, yes, I think everybody could, has access and that uh, technological hurdle doesn't exist as it used to. You know, before it's like, oh, you wanted to set type, or you have to, you know, it was like a whole crazy process, yeah. you know, and then desktop publishing came out. And, and same thing, photography, before you had to like shoot film and be in a dark room and, and use a four by five camera and, and know all this stuff, and that's gone. And now you pick up your phone, you're a photographer. Yeah. You know, so I think, yes, it's a negative for the people that had a business because they could do the technological side of it. 
And there's like, oh, that hurdle was like what kept a lot of people out of the business. But I think it's also the energy that's pushing us to all create even more amazing work. And I think brands are right now are challenged in that they're, they're, they're all at a certain level and to really stand out, they really got to up their game, you know? And I think it's visually in, in the kind of work that I'm doing, it, it's in, because it, at the end of the day, we're just telling stories, you know? We're telling visual stories um, about a brand, about something we're selling, about an idea, about a feeling. And I, I like to say the same thing about what I'm trying to do is like, yes, I'm a director, I'm a photographer, I'm a visual engineer, and I'm just trying to create images that are cool and different in every type of job I do. I mean, like, right, basically, I'm doing more creative work now than I've ever done in my whole career. You know, like, you know, because for so long, I was building the base of all the photography I was doing and learning about food and lighting and, you know, like, and without those bases of composition and food, lighting, you know, all those things that, like, what drives taste and, you know, what makes something visually interesting, um, I couldn't combine, build off of that to do what I'm doing now. Um, and then the next chapter, um, I'm already kind of going into is a lot more robots. Um, but that's, that's awesome. a whole other thing. <laughs> you're you're going to be like Boston Dynamics over here. Next time there's going to be like a robot answering the door. I love that. Can you kind of walk me through like what, what a day is like when you're on set or um, kind of how you get things going? Do you like working alone? Do you play music? So yeah, shoots are always fun. Everybody loves coming to shoots. Like when you work for a company, yeah. they're all like, they send every... <laughs> every NDA. <laughs> but I find everybody wants to be on the shoot. They're like, oh, photo shoot, we want to go. And, and it's just always funny because they always think it's like this amazing, fun thing where sometimes it is, but yeah. sometimes it could be really boring. <laughs> but, um, but, um, but yeah, as you see in, the, in, in this space and what we just expanded the studio, um, a lot of it is for client comfort because uh, we get a lot of people. So, we, we, you know, we doubled, like tripled the basically my client space right now. Um, and with the, the you know built-in beer tap and water and everything, you could yeah let me know the make sure the lines are good you yeah. know, and um, no so I mean clients to me are a very important part of the process so we definitely embrace them into the studio. Um, there's a time where I'm like let me do my thing, and then I'll show you because sometimes they get really freaking nervous because like basically we start usually let's say 8 a.m. or something like that, um, and everyone's so nervous until that first shot is like approved for the day, you know, they're like, Oh my God. And, and, and for I better, mean, like we're, as in like this shot is good and done. We're moving on to the second shot oh, okay. or the third shot. Yeah. So cause everyone's so nervous. They're like, Oh my God, Oh my God. Like, is it, you know, we just did this thing for um, a car company recently, which is really funny, but, um, and they were just like, is everything going okay? Cause it was like 11 AM and we hadn't like, and I'm just like, and, and that's the thing, part of my process is you build a strong foundation and building a set and building the lighting and building the robotics and kind of everything into it so that once you kind of get going, then it's just like, go, you know, it's like, boom, then you're like, first shot, second shot, third shot, you know, yeah, so, I mean, obviously there's always going to be some, some curveballs in there, but. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. <laughs> So, yeah, so my process is, is kind of building up, and I know that, you know, getting that first shot is an important thing. Um, and so once we get there, it's fine, and, and they realize, like, oh, okay, and then we're, like, done early. And they're like, why were we worried, like, a few hours ago that we weren't going to get done, you know? Um, so it's a lot of, like, trust me, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the clients that obviously have worked with me before. Right, exactly. Um, but, yeah, the, the studio space is, like, 
awesome. I've been, I've been in this building over 10 years. Um, this is my third renovation, basically. I used to be on the 15th floor, now I'm on the 12th floor, now I'm on the 12th floor with double the space. Like, um, yeah, it's a great building. There's actually a few other photographers in this building. Um, both of them actually shoot for Hershey's, funny enough. Um, yeah, it's hilarious. It's like we call it the Hershey building. Um, but no, that we, and we actually, funny enough, share like, oh, I need another C-stand, or oh, I'm out, can you take a delivery for me? Like, we're all friends, which is great. Um, you know, good competition is, is fine. Like, I, I respect when other good people get good work. Um, and one thing, yeah, that, that we haven't really touched on so much is, is innovation and the importance of innovation, you know, for myself, for anybody as an individual or as a brand, it's kind of like, my view is innovate or die. Like, and you might fail on some of your innovations, but you gotta keep trying. Um, so some of, you know, my, my lighting things I've been designing is out of, out of need. Like, I need crazy amounts of light, but these huge lights are like 20,000 watts, and I'm like, oh, I don't have enough power in my building to like have five of those on. So I'm like, oh, well, LED lights are really efficient. Why don't I make some of my, my own lights, you know? Um, and once again, I've... I've yeah, LED has been amazing, but like high power LED is still early in the game a little bit. But I built my own, like I'll show you later, my um, power controller that controls all my lights. And I, I kind of made these electronic circuits and like from scratch. And wow. it's kind of crazy. Um, my wife wasn't so happy about that part of my life because uh, like things were like catching fire. And like it was like, I, I learned the hard way. I'm, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not a real engineer. <laughs> I don't have a degree. Like uh, my brother, my dad, my uncles like they're all actual real engineers that came from a family engineers um yeah a bunch of math guys you know and that's the funny thing about like what i do is is it, it was ingrained into me as a child i mean we never called the repairman for something if like the washer broke it's like oh my grandfather will come fix it because he knows how to fix stuff like he used yeah. to he used to build like pacemaker parts and machine super tiny things yeah he's super old school yeah. um and you know that i could i just grew up with that like in that in that i will never like call a repairman if I'm not gonna like even last night our our washer at home stopped working. It was like error eighteen and it was just like Google the, the error, okay, you gotta do this thing and we opened it up and we fixed it and like there the washer was fine. But yeah, in, in the studio also I have you know I have like a three D printer, I'm getting a robot and actually I wanna get like two or three robots. Um, and I find that the it's really efficient for me to be in the space I'm gonna do the real shoot in because I could prep the day before, the two days before, and, and, I, and in the middle of a shoot, if something goes wrong, and it's like, oh, it'd be nice if we had like a thingy that does this. Like I have like a workshop full of a bunch of old rigs and things that we've built for other clients um, that we could bring out and, and kind of fix the problem. And that's the thing is it, 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 as much as it's visual engineering, it's really visual problem solving, which is what all, I think, photographers, directors, cinematographers really yeah. do, especially when working commercially for a client is yeah. like, they have a problem, you have a shoot, and you're gonna be constantly kind of tiptoeing until you get the problem solved and you kind of get that beautiful end result. Because like some things will do one take on it and I'm like, that's it, great, we love it, done. You know, and, yeah. and, and, it's, and it's great to have a client that agrees with you too, because sometimes they'll be like, oh, just for safety, let's, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but then you find like, you go back and the edit and you're just like, the other stuff is just gonna be left on the editing room floor because it's just not, you know, like you know when you got it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and, and it's funny because I've never been the type of photographer that reshoots things because a lot of people like that part of that's part of their process. Like I'm going to shoot something, I'm going to look at it, 
think about it a lot, then shoot it again. And, you know, I heard like Irving Penn would reshoot things like five or six times sometimes, you know, just yeah. to like, so he got it yeah, just right, like you know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, everybody, and that's the thing, every artist has a process. And I think, you know, I like to bring people into my process as much as I can and, and like come see the studio and, you know, like, cause it, it the, the big challenge I've had with visual engineering is, is teaching people what visual engineering is. And for that, at first I had to learn it for myself, <laughs> which yeah. is, you know, was a challenge all on itself um, because it's different. It's not just your standard, you know, cinematography director path. It's not your photography path. Like, I mean, a lot of shoots, we do both. And um, we just did a thing for Timberland uh, where we shot motion and still simultaneously with this like crazy thing I built. Um, and it's awesome. It's like, like the client's like, this is amazing. Like we got, you know, the huge in-store picture that we needed and we got the slow motion video we needed for online all at the same time. Um, so it's, it's not just about doing cool stuff, but also being efficient because that's the world we live in. Has there ever been a time that it has just been a disaster? I feel every day might be a disaster, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Um, I, th I think the, the challenge to riding the line of like what can be done, what can be done in camera, is that possible? Is, is you know, this hasn't been done before, will it work? I mean, I, I kind of wake up every morning for a shoot thinking like, this would go two very different ways. This would work out really well, or this would work out, this could be the best or the worst. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we, we definitely have, you know, twists and turns on shoots where like, oh, that isn't quite really working well. Like we just recently had a shoot where we built this whole thing and we're like in testing, it worked fine. And then when we put the real product in it, it didn't. And we're just like, uh, we're like, okay, but that's where, you know, once again, you pivot and you're like, what if we take that part of it and we put it on this thing and like, let's see what that does. And, you, and sometimes those things create even a better idea, you know? So I think it's, you always have to roll with the punches. Um, and, you know, as a side note to the business that I'm in too, is, is there could be really difficult parts of business as well. I mean, I, you know, this year has been amazing. Last year was probably one of my worst years ever. You know, it, it was kind of that dark place in between moving from being a photographer, cinematographer, to being a visual engineer where like one thing hadn't quite gotten there yet and, and it was kind of like this and I had just been laying out tons of cash on you know innovating and building new things yeah. and putting new spots together for my reel and and we like we got to the point where me and my wife like met with a real estate broker like do we need to sell our apartment and move to Jersey and like whatever you know like just do we have to truly adapt is this going to work we don't know and I think every artist has those moments in their lives where you just have to step blindly and hope that you land on solid ground. Um, yeah, it, 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 and, and you hopefully if you, you really hold on, it works out, you know? And I think there's certain people that feel like it doesn't really work out for them every time, and maybe they're doing something wrong, I, I don't know, but um, every single time I've taken a risk like that in my career where I'm just like, I feel really strongly about this direction. I think this is gonna be amazing. I think this is gonna work. It's always worked out. and and even better than I could have imagined, you know? So um, you have to trust your gut, you know? And, and, you know, I was questioning a lot of it, but at the same time, I'm like, no, this, this, you know, and, and I had friends of mine that were like, if I could have invested all my money in Steve Draftstock last year, like I would have done it, you know, like I would have been all in because I had no doubt that it was gonna work out. And, and I think a lot of people 
have a, a hard time with patience, you know, and that like time is like my biggest enemy in that I can't change that, you know, like I'm not going to be the guy that's been doing this 30 years, like that has been doing this for 30 years until 30 years from now, you know, like, you know, like, because even in photography, I was like, oh, my work's just as good as so-and-so's work. Why am I not getting the job? It's like, well, it's not just the quality of the work, it's how they do the work and how they smart they are about the whole process and everything they've kind of built up to yeah. over time. And, and once again, it, it, it takes clients a while to like see your work and really get to know you and, and be enough to trust you. Um, and that's a big thing, you know, when people get agents, you know, they're like, oh, my rep hasn't gotten me a job and I've been with them for six months. It's like, well, it takes a long time to build some of these relationships and, and kind of get enough that they trust you. Um, <laughs> right, and then and you're pretty much always so waiting along. Could be months and months of waiting for the check to come. It's not here yet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 My accounts receivables. My receivables are looking amazing. Yeah. 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 And that's the big thing. I mean, the the bigger you get, the the bigger you get. Yeah. I mean, like I've I've gone all in. I mean, I've maxed out credit cards. I've, you know, done all of that. And it's just. It, and those are the risks you have to take. Like, I think this is not a game where you can be the safe player. No. The safe player never will. You'll, you'll probably do okay. My dad doesn't get that. He's not from that world. Right. Yeah. And, and he, just, he has a great job, and he has that stability, right? I kind of explained to him. He's just like, if it doesn't drop down, it's going to be chaos. <laughs> uh -huh. Chaos in the next five, ten years. Yeah. But believe me. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I think the hardest part is knowing when to actually walk away from something too, or, or, or shelf a certain thing right. for a little bit. Cause you're like, you've been yeah, beating it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go bankrupt or, or just like, cause like my lighting controller I was building, like I was trying to make it do a million different things amazingly. Um, and it did one thing really well. And every time I tried to push the other side of it, it the thing blew up. Um, so it was just like, okay, I'm going to shelf that for right now. I'm going to walk away from it. Yeah. And in like a month, I'm going to come back to it with fresh eyes. And now I, I was like, oh, I don't need to actually make it do the other thing. Like, let me just make it do its one thing really well. And then eventually I can build another thing that do the other thing. You know, so it's, it's and I think, you know, it, it is. It's like I'm telling people no one to walk away, but no one to c continue. So it's like, what am I really saying? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. And, and it is. It, you have to just trust your gut. And I think also being surrounded by other creatives and, and listening to podcasts like this and, and listening to other people's paths is an important part of it as well. Um, you know, I love hearing a lot of the podcasts that you've done and other, other people in, in that, you know, you know, you know that a lot of people, it's never easy for anybody, you know, like everybody has their ups and downs and there's a normal part of the process. Um, and if you don't, something is not right or you're not seeing things right. Um, and I think that, you know, like I have, you know, since I went to RIT, I have this collection of other RIT photographers and the photographers I met and everything. Um, and we'll get together every couple months um, just to talk about what's going on. Like what's going on in your job? What, what, what kind of jobs have been going on? What's been hard? Uh, have you been bidding things that have been weird? Have you dealt with weird things? Like just to kind of like, it's almost like therapy for photographers yeah. where we, we just kind of like talk about realities that we're dealing with and or and, and somebody always has to show work to like, oh, this is a new work I've been creating to get critique, you know? And I think that's important to, to take some of that information in. 
And it's funny because at one of these meetings years ago, I was like, I want to do this burger thing. You know, and it was like I had like 3D renderings of it and I kind of designed what I want the shot to be. And they're just like, I don't get it. You know, <laughs> and it was yeah. just like, so I kept like, and then like, then they saw me do it. And they were just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like you said you were going to do it. You did it. It's amazing. It's gone viral. And it's like, like around the world is insane. It's so crazy. But, and, and, you know, it's all circles back to like, the actual finished video, nobody would have given a shit about. Right. But the fact that I did the full behind the scenes and showed everything about how we did it, yeah. it was like, wow, that's a story that's interesting. You know, and, and you know, like Insider was just here recently doing like a whole piece on like my process. Um, and it's really fun like that, you know, people, yeah, people have. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and this is the thing, at the end of the day, if you do cool work, people are going to want to share it, you know, and, and and, and that's I'm basically almost doing no standard promotion now at all. I mean, so much work from huge brands and companies is coming to me because they found me on Instagram. You know, like like that's where I'm going all in on is is for for now. And I'm sure in a year or two there'll be something else, and I have to keep adapting to it. Yeah. But right now, like it, it and it's really weird because it's changing the whole industry too. In that I'm getting direct emails from like VPs of marketing, from CEOs, from all these people that find me on LinkedIn or on Instagram and they could reach me directly. Like yeah. they've cut out, you all know, they cut out everything in between. They cut out my agent, they cut out the ad agency and the, the producer and the, you know, the other person that below, works for them below them, like the produce, the designer or the, you know, like right. there's probably like 10 people that they're skipping and they're just like, let me just talk to Steve. Cause he's did this cool thing. Here's his email address. Boom. I can message him. Yeah. But I think generally speaking, production companies are becoming kind of in some ways becoming the new ad agency in that the clients come directly to them and they're like, here's the general starting point. You guys be creative and do what you do. And like, you know, bring in extra help if you need a copywriter, if you need a designer or you need somebody to do 3g 3d or, you know, whatever it is. And in some ways, the production company is basically becoming the ad agency in that you have so much freelance talent that's amazing that's out there now that are great at what they do, that worked at ag huge agencies and worked on huge campaigns, but all got dumped to the side or got laid off or got moved around or just got tired of, right, or just got tired of being overworked and, you know, and, and, but yeah, but there's a lot of amazing small agencies that I work with that they, they're just as great. There's less people in the process and, in a lot of ways that's better now because once again we're all able to do so much more because of technology deficiencies things that exist you know you don't need a whole floor of people laying fonts anymore you know like it it's all changed and it's funny because i mean i i do um i try to be involved with schools uh, as much as i can because I, I have a great appreciation for what schools did for me to help me get where i'm at um so i every year i do a portfolio review at fit here in new york city um, kids from RIT come to my studio pretty much every year, um, once a year for a visit. Um, and once again, I, I'm always involved with schools. I love, you know, talking to kids because once again, I have just as much to learn from them as far as how they're seeing life as they have to learn from me in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, cause they live in a different reality. It's not, it's not that they're not going to try to be me. They're going to be the new version of me exactly. in whatever way. And that, that's why I always got to be the new me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but no, but being involved. Yeah. 
So being involved with the, the students, I think, is really important because it, it keeps things in perspective a little bit. And like, it's like we're all in this kind of together. And, and educating the next generation is, I feel, our responsibility as the older generation. So thank you so much for doing this. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, you've given me so much great insight. Uh, so where can people find you online? One of the, like, arguably one of the coolest Instagram accounts I've ever seen. I'm not just saying that. You know what I mean? Because you could take a selfie and then you could, you know, you could have like a red camera shooting a s'more exploding. But where can people find you uh, online and uh, anything coming up that you're really excited about? Any new projects? Instagram is definitely the best source to see my work um, at Steve Geralt. Um, I, I honestly, I do it for myself and I do it for everybody out there. Like, I, I love the, the conversation and when people reach out. Um, so, like, please. Yeah, you get involved. Yeah, I get involved. Like, yeah, like, I, I like to. You know, I like the conversation. I, I like to talk to people and, you know, and, I, it, and it's really funny. Like, you have this guy, like, I'm in Poland and I'm making something kind of like what you did. How did you do that? And it's fine, you know. And, um, and my website, um, stevedraw.com or visualengineer.tv. And on LinkedIn, if, you know, you're trying to connect about um, working. <laughs> yeah. I, I do need to do this for work. Um, and um, the, the, as far as what's coming up that I'm really excited about, um, the next chapter is uh, way more robots in my life, so I just uh, ordered one um, that will be coming soon. Um, I'm about to order a second one, so we'll be getting two robots um, off the bat. As far as projects coming up, I can't tell you about most of them because they're all NDA'd, uh, but really, really cool stuff. Um, and I've actually, and that's the other challenging thing is I've shot a bunch of really cool stuff that won't be out till 2019. Um, but keep checking my Instagram, I'm always sharing new work. Um, I'm also my Vimeo page. I gotta get better about my YouTube, but I have a YouTube too, yeah, also. So just, you know, keep looking out and you know, thanks for listening. <laughs>